free. Okay. All right. What am I learning about today? I'm Alright, we're gonna be discussing Myrtle's plantation. But you're gonna say murderers. Murderers. That is a good nickname for it though. Maybe we'll coin it. Yeah. We'll start with the history. It's quite long. Okay. Riveting. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Myrtle's plantation is also known as Laurel Grove. And it is located in St. Francisville, Louisiana, okay. which is like in the little toe of Louisiana. Okay, okay. So next to the ocean. This plantation home was built in 1796 on 650 acres of land. That was a land grant from the government. So okay. like, I don't know if you know much about land grants. Nope, absolutely. But the government um, created land granting to incentivize farming. Okay. So, like, you would buy this much land, and then the government would grant you, like, this much land. Okay. In the antebellum era, which I googled it to make sure I knew the things, so I was really smart. Lady antebellum, the band. Yeah, it was her. It's just her. Yeah. I think I was reading that and made the same joke to myself <laughs> when I, like, originally typed this yeah. 14 months ago. So, I like that place. The antebellum era is from 1783 to 1861. And then again, we're going to band. Yes. And the, the band, band is me here, uh, which is cited as a time of economic growth in the South. And you happened to mention, mention quizzes earlier. So okay. would you like to tell me what caused the economic growth in the South? What years were it? Was it? Uh, 1783. And 1861. No idea. Fruit. Come on. What's in the South? Tell us about it. What is in the South? The oceans. Beautiful oceans. Are you telling me fishing? And slavery. Okay, I thought it was slavery, but I was like, honestly, I don't know any times. Do you know slavery? Yes. It's I know when slavery you got existed. actual people. Good, Good times. I was gonna say we love it. Good times. I, I was gonna say we love it, but that's not good. And you said good times. I don't love it. It was a, it was a, it was a sort of satirical good times, and a satirical we love it. But I would like to make it known that I do not love it. You don't support slavery. Any, anyway, Norman. that's what allowed the South to be prosperous was slavery. So context to what's about to be happening here. Okay. All right, the plantation. Home was owned by a Dave Bradford. Hey, Dave is my dad. Dad's name, not my dad's. Name. And more connections to you. He was a Pennsylvania lawyer. My dad's not a lawyer, but we do live. Yeah, in but you live in Pennsylvania. And he didn't grow up in Pennsylvania. This is your address. How is it? My dad didn't grow up in Pennsylvania. Okay, but I wasn't connecting it to your dad. I was connecting it to you. Okay, well, I appreciate it. He was a Pennsylvania lawyer and a deputy attorney general who was extremely successful, um, but in 1791, he got deeply distracted from his career path and instead focused on the protests that were happening in those years. Okay. 
these protests. Do you know a history of that? I don't know anything about history, but I'll be impressed if you know what was happening in 1791. They loved slavery. Women suffered since 1980, no. 1918. Does that help you? It's about taxes. Oh, didn't, um, if you know this, I, I want to say, like, I know tax, a certain tax went up, but I can't remember which one. And I want to go with it's either printing or sales. No, I there was no. I don't okay. What is? It? I don't know. That might be true, but that's not this. This is protests were happening about the federal government's whiskey tax. Whiskey tax. Oh, it's becoming closer to prohibition. Yes, correct. Um. So he like started focusing on the whiskey tax um, protests, and in three years, David Radford became the figurehead for, um, like, the rebellion against this tax. Okay. And this time period is what you will remember being called the Whiskey Rebellion. Okay. All right. This rebellion's goal was, was protesting the lack of federal courts in western Pennsylvania. It was also protesting conflicts with American Indians and the high tax on whiskey. And now, to clarify... The history version of this, um, the people were not upset about the whiskey tax because they like love drinking vibes, mm-hmm. but rather the new twenty five percent tax <laughs> on whiskey, okay. a drink that the government categorized as a luxury good, okay. which is why they increased the tax of it, and mm-hmm. that's why they increased the tax of the tea tax. Fun history vibes. Um, was a seen as a direct attack against the livelihood of small western Pennsylvania grain farmers who relied on the profit of whiskey sales and shipment to stay alive. So, like, if the whiskey's more expensive, people buy less of it, and then the grain farmers be sad. All right. The protesters focused their attacks on tax collectors, citizens who complied with the tax payments, and sell large, like, Corporation whiskey seller. Um, Me and all my friends hate big pharma. Yeah, we hate big pharma. <laughs> now you're gonna say big pharma. I was like, that's interesting. Too. <laughs> the pharma. government deployed militias to arrest these rebels okay. and to control the rising aggression in Pennsylvania. Fun fact: that was the first time the national government deployed troops on oh. their citizens. So goodbyes. Um, Dave Bradford was again, um, one of the figureheads, and therefore he was wanted, um, as, like, a case head for capturing rebellions. Mm -hmm. Now, there are two history versions of how Dave escaped to Louisiana. Okay. First one... Oh, I forgot this was in Louisiana. Yeah, see? (laughs) We switched to Pennsylvania. The first one was that when soldiers approached his house, Dave climbed out the rear window of his home and escaped on horseback. Then he sold his horse to pay for a boat ride to the south. And while traveling down the Ohio River, the soldiers found and apprehended uh, 
and the boatman. Okay. And Radford and the boat crew were beat up by the soldiers okay. with lumps of coal. Oh, more goodness. And then thrown into the river. So okay. they were like, let me maliciously assault this man, uh, throw his body into the river, and then he was dead by the soldiers' account, but then he like swam down the river. Okay. And escaped. And stopped. He was able to arrive in Louisiana that way. Okay. Or the more traditional view of like his escaping was that Radford was pressured to leave Pennsylvania by the other rebels who um, had some other. It said they had some other vague ulterior motives for wanting him to leave. So I don't know what that means. And then Radford was pressured to leave, and so he took a coal brand, a coal barge down the Ohio River and ended up in Louisiana. And so, like, those are the stories. You can pick your favorite one. I kind of like the one that he was, like, I kind of think it's fun that he was, he sold a horse yeah. to ride a boat and then was beat up and then swam yeah. to Louisiana. Yeah. So that's my pick for Louisiana. That's mine as well. Goals. And then, side story, now we're out of, like, the two different things and we're moving on. Bradford was pardoned by President John Adams in 1799. So he was, like, still on the run for his actions, and then he was pardoned. And he, because he, like, signed the appeal paperwork, mm -hmm. and was proven to have repented for his actions against the United States. Yes. And he was... Appealed, and so he was no longer exiled from his home in Pennsylvania and could see his family again, which he had been apart from for four years. But he didn't want them. But he hated them. He said, I hate my Wait, wife. Am I actually she right? doesn't make me enough sandwiches. I have no man. Oh, okay. I'm not the man. I thought you were telling me I was correct. Gold star. Well, and stating, like, because I'm assuming he doesn't come back. I don't know. That's where my research on him and so now, this, the reason why we're talking about David, was because he was the original owner of the house. Oh, oh So oh, oh, he moved to Louisiana, had this property, gained it, and, like, built this house. And now we're flashing back to the actual history of the house that David built, right? Okay. <laughs> David Bradford sold the home to a man called Ruffin Sterling who um, added some artistic touches to the building, the house, right? He made some notable features. Sorry. He made some noodle That's not a word. He made some noodle Some noodle um, Some notable features. Um, the Sterling family added an addition to the house, which ended up doubling the square footage. Changed the eight-roomed house to a total of 21 rooms. Absolutely. Um, there was also a French crystal chandelier, which weighs more than 300 pounds. Oh, Hand-painted stained glass, which featured stylized French crosses, which are said to ward off evil. A matching ladies' and gentlemen parlor rooms. And they also installed doors 
but all of the locks were put in upside down oh in hopes to confuse spirits. So, weird architecture journey, but mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Alright, now I want you to know that while I was reading about the Myrtle Plantation, they have an official website because they've converted the plantation to a bed and breakfast. Um, but they legitimately never state that it was an active plantation in the South. So, okay. like, they just fully strategically ignore the fact that uh, the fact that they own slaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're like, hey, come live here. It's a good travel destination. Yeah. Don't think about the fact that, that we owned people. Yes, yes, yes. And that's how we got here. There's a legitimate quote on the website that says, the home and its environment envelops one with sense of peace and tranquility which is like very much bad vibes for like an amount of yes, yes. the population of this area so um yikes on their part we're switching into the debts in the sort of spooky muffing environment that we are here for so the first legend is the legend of chloe so after Dave Bradford passed away, he left the house to his ten kids. Ten kids? Mm-hmm. And one of... I have to stop because now I'm eating this wrong. So he left the house to his ten kids. Again. His daughter... A lot of kids. Yeah, that's way too many kids to have. Mm-hmm. He had a daughter called Sarah. Sarah's husband, Clark Woodruff, owned the land. Because women, women have no rights. Ah, women can't own land. Gold star. Way to know your place. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Alright, so the backstory of Clark. He was a great guy. He fell in love with Sarah uh, when he was living on the property. And he was staying with the family to study law from Dave. So he's her father. the family to study as more I went on, I was like, you were like, actually, I just don't want to say that out loud. <laughs> he was staying with the family to study law from David because David was a judge. And later he decided to change the name to Laurel Groves, from, from Laurel Groves to Myrtle, because those were the types of trees that were in bloom on the property when he fell in love with Sarah. Aww, very, cute. very cute. All of which I tell you to throw off how absolutely awful this man is. Okay, okay. So, great. <laughs> Clark Woodruff attempt, uh, attempted to have an affair with a young slave girl named Chloe. I think you mean... Oh, yes. The girl um, was most likely worried that her workload would increase or that she would be killed for saying no. Yep, so, yep, yep, yep. she agreed to a sexual relationship with a much older man. Like I said. Mm, fun. Chloe was worried that Clark's wife was going to find out about him. As you should be. And be upset, so she started listening on conversations. Also as you should be. She was caught one day spying, and as punishment, Clark ordered for her ear to be cut <gasps> off. No, 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 no. They do that to pigs to give them to dogs. Oh, 
that was a weird thing. I know, I know what you're talking about, but weird fun fact. The only thing <laughs> I, I meant as a to pal. No, I no. thought you meant like they cut off the ears of a pig so the dog will hang out with them. No, no, no. I was like, that's interesting. Why? You're like, I live on a farm, but I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. So Chloe then had to wear a turban to cover up this disfigurement, and she was quite upset, warrantedly, uh, yeah. and wanted revenge. So Chloe decided to poison their meal one night. <gasps> this poisoning ended up affecting them obviously and within days clark's wife and two of their three children died oh my goodness um not to support this girl but you know she obviously knew what she was doing yeah she had she had the plans and she girl bossed them yes <laughs> um but worrying about their own lives the other slaves that were on the plantation at the time hung chloe from a tree, and then threw her body into the river when she died to protect themselves. Um, this theory, however, I would like to clarify that it's questioned because there's no technical record of anyone named Chloe being on the property, and there's. It's also said that the wife and children uh, died of yellow fever. So, Which like, is also very weird. Maybe. That's true, but maybe our story is true. Yes. Another death is Ruffin Sterling's son was shot in the home uh, because of a gambling debt that he owed to someone. So that's a, another death that happened on the property. And an additional death is that after the Sterlings were there, the land like switched to a bunch of hands and finally ended up in the Winters family. And one of the winter couples, youngest children, was affected with yellow fever. And in an attempt to cure their child, mm -hmm. they called in a girl called Cleo. Okay. Um, because they were desperate to treat their daughter. Daughter sadly passed away, and William Winter blamed Cleo for his daughter's death and ordered her to be hanged on the property. And then in 1871, William Winter was shot by an unknown man in the chest while he was exiting the home. And after he was shot, he ran into the home yelling and his wife came down the stairs and he died in his wife's arms on the main steps as you enter the plantation house. Okay. So, now we're going into the paranormal activity that is on the property. It would take until the 1970s for any spirits to be recognized on the plantation grounds. The Myers family now owns the property and they opened up a, bre a bed and breakfast currently. Um, someone was taking a- Honestly, I know you were gonna, felt like you were gonna say bread and breakfast and that sounds like it's lovely. Bread and breakfast? Yeah, bread and breakfast. Um, someone was taking a photograph for fire insurance purposes, and there was a full-bodied figure of a, a young girl, a young, a young girl wearing a turban. Okay. So that would be Chloe. Mm -hmm. Um, you can sometimes if Chloe see. Chloe even existed. Since we said that earlier. You know, 
can sometimes see the Woodruff children in the dining room mirrors when you're standing there. Um, so those are the boyfriend's children. They died in the dining room. Um, and the mirror that you can see them in features handprints that do not go away when they're cleaned. And they re-silvered the mirror in the house. So they like remake it a mirror. Mm -hmm. Basically like keep the wood frame but like re-add the mirror to it. Mm -hmm. um, they've done that a couple times and the handprints still appear. Um, there's also a young girl in period specific clothing that you can see looking out the windows. William Winter's ghost is said to be seen loudly running through the house to the main steps. Um, my mother and Zeke met her cleans consistently, and those okay. handprints would drive her insane. Like, cause she. I thought you were gonna say you had them in your house. I was like, that's almond. Yeah. No, cause she does that thing where she just consistently cleans already cleaned things. Yeah. And like, because those handprints never go away. She'd be driven insane, and then become another ghost. Um, the home was also built on an old Indian burial ground, and so some visitors, yeah, deep nice, but that's fine. Um, so visitors have reported seeing Native American women standing in the gazebo. Oftentimes, the piano in the grand foyer um, starts playing, and no person is sitting on the piano bench. So those are the. Experiences in the Bureau of History, and I would like to state that you can currently tour the grounds seven days a week, and um, you know if you're so inclined, stay in one of their 18 rooms that they have open as a bed and breakfast experience. Um, I feel like you're promoting this, like you work there, but you've never I been do. There. I'm being paid. Please go visit this place that I would never actually an interest in staying in on account of they literally pretend that, that the history, they don't have sites. Yeah, that the history is so casual and I'm not quite sure why for me. Yeah, like the fact that they don't acknowledge it's literally not on the website. Like I was like reading it and I was like, they have to mention it like somewhere, right? And yeah. I read like every single tab on that thing and never yeah. once do they say like, hey, I know we have a messed up history, but like it wasn't us, so it wasn't really anything. Bad vibes, but you know. Very toxic, very 